a very good evening to you. Welcome all to Sweet and Swing once again here on Max Radio. Friday evening, 9 o'clock, it's that time to kick off your slippers and relax. What have we got? More jazz in the classics. More from the swinging guitar of Tal Farlow. A bit of Bing. Flanders and Swan, of course. And other stuff I don't know that I know about. Or at least if I didn't...
Not a bad way to get going. Well, you know now as well as I uh, know as well. That is to say, you know as much as I do, which isn't a great deal. How are we all? Are we coping? Have we managed to get through TT? Are we enjoying the weather? Or are you grumbling about the fact that, oh, it's too hot, it's just too hot now? It is warmer than usual, isn't it, for the time of year? Take your cardigan off. That's my best, uh, best advice. Get out in the garden. Plenty of fresh air. Enjoy the good weather while we've got it, because I can guarantee that it won't last forever. And before you know it, we'll all be grumbling about the fact that it's too cold and it's wet and it's windy and Christmas is late this year and all the usual sort of stuff we do when we get to the back end. Well, at least maybe that's just me. I don't know. Lovely to have your company. As always, Joe Loss kicking us off with Joe Henderson, of course, those wonderful plummy tones of Joe Henderson. Uh, not always uh, on good terms with Joe Loss, of course. Um, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, I think they fell out at one stage. Uh, didn't go down that well. Um, he sort of walked out. It was not uncommon for a vocal refrain to appear on record labels. Uh, at one stead, instead of the singer's name, Chick was paid uh, just four quid, four pounds, for the 1939 Joe Lost recording of Begin the Begin, a tune which sold one million copies or more. In other words, it did rather well. Joe got all of the credit and eventually the gold disc as well. Even though he, of course, you know, he was playing, but he wasn't singing, it caused as you might imagine, considerable friction between Joe and Chick. Uh, Chick had a reputation for being pretty mild-mannered, but he had a good supporters of fan clubs and a lot of people uh, behind him. They were all angry. He got angry and he walked out. He walked out and Joe joined uh, Harry Roy at the Café Anglais instead. Then, of course, it was the war, as you can imagine. Uh, there's some great stories I was just looking up in the Bible. England's second book of British dance bands. Um, how he was in the uh, RNVR and had already been rescued, apparently, after he'd been in a previous uh, HMS Cormoran, a boat which caught fire and sank off the, the coast of Scotland. Chick couldn't swim. Not good news when you're in the Navy and on boats, I suppose. One of his rescuers on that occasion was Peter Scott. Yes, that Peter Scott, the naturalist and the artist who went on, I didn't know this, to actually paint the scene. And supposedly it's reported that despite the fact he couldn't swim, so he's in rather severe danger of drowning, uh, Chick was very cool in the whole affair. Known as Hendy, he went on then to uh, serve aboard HMS London and Chatham and took advantage of voyages going across the way to Canada to step ashore and sing on radio CBY with Russ Jero and his orchestra. And then he came back to Britain and did eventually patch up with differences with Joe Loss. And he made one final recording with him three years after that 1939 debacle, 1942. Rather, uh, rather aptly entitled, What More Can I Sing? Yeah, no doubt about that, is there? Quite a character. Died, unfortunately, during the war as well, I think, uh, as is well documented. Uh, Joe went on for some time. But at least they did patch up their differences, which is always a good thing. I know the old maestro always said to me, don't go to bed on an argument. And I've um, tried as best. I'm not saying I've always succeeded, but I've always tried to, tried to heed his advice. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's a good little track too, isn't it? Very nicely bounces along very happily under its own... What's the word? Momentum, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, just sort of has that nice feeling of no real effort to singing that one at all. He be, or GB hop, or G by hop. It's spelled B I E, which is an interesting well spelling G B. So maybe it's G by hop, G by hop, G B hop. Harry Leader on the orchestra. And you can pronounce it as you like. I won't criticise you as long as you don't criticise me. Nice one. Um, Tal Farlow. Yeah, we had him on a few weeks, so I kept it in the bag. I rather liked, I always rather liked Tal Farlow. I remember buying an LP of his, oh, way back in the 1980s and uh, being very fine. One of those underrated guitar players. I think if you are a jazz guitar player, you probably rate him and have heard of him. And if you're not, maybe you haven't. But he was a fine player and a nice one I found lurking on the shelves. The swinging guitar of Tal Farlow, self-taught guitar legend known for his supreme dexterity and technique. A drumless session, this one, which is always quite nice for a guitar player. I think it's sort of nothing to get in the way and you really appreciate their work. Here he is on track called Meteor. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's how you do it. Or at least that's how you do it. If you are Tal Farlow, it has to be said. A fine player. Um, lived for reasonable years. I think he died back in uh, 1998, 77. Well, reasonable age, I suppose. Or reasonable innings, as my dad might have said. Could have lived longer, but uh, he played for quite a long time. Taught himself to play the guitar when he was 22, learning chord melodies by playing a mandolin, which he tuned like a ukulele. Uh, he later said playing the ukulele was the reason. He used to use the higher four strings on the guitar for the melody and chord structure with the two bottom strings for bass counterpoint, which he played with his th- thumb. And his only professional training was as, a, <laughs> as an apprentice sign painter. I like that, doesn't it? Uh, and the story goes she requested the night shift so we could listen to big band standards on the shop radio and listen to Big Spiderbeck and Louis Armstrong and Eddie Lang. And also, of course, influenced by healing uh, Charlie Christian playing uh, electric guitar as well with Benny Goodman. Uh, also claimed that his first guitar he made himself because he couldn't afford to actually buy one. Now, what you might have noticed there as well, very effectively, was it did, I said it was a drummerless trio, and if you just came in and listened, you could have sworn there was a drummer there playing brushes. But he employed sort of artificial harmonics, and he often, as he was doing there, tapped his guitar for percussion, creating a sort of flat snare drum sound or a sort of hollow backbeat like the bongos. And sort of like a, yeah, it was like a sort of nice chuck, 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 brushed a nice sort of snappy brush sound there he had going on. All just done on the guitar with his hands. He had uh, large, fast hands, apparently had the nickname, which I'd not heard before, of the octopus, because he seemed to have so much going on. I'll keep that one in the bag. Hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Fine player, I must admit. Uh, And again, one of those underrated jazz guitar players and jazz guitar heroes in many. I'm sure he spoke to any jazz guitar player now. They would know Tal Farlow, even if they weren't necessarily influenced directly. They would be aware of his influence on some of the jazz guitar greats since he's been around. Tis Sweet and Swing with myself, H. Still to come, we've got Jazzing the Classics, of course. A bit of Bing. You can't go wrong with a bit of Bing, can you? And uh, here's another one I found. The world of Bing Crosby on the sentimental side. What's not to like? It sort of fits into both sweet and swing. That's the way I'm looking at it. Why not? Uh, And also, don't forget a bit of Flanders and swan. But for now, I thought this one fits in rather nicely with the music as well. George Melacrino, Carol Gibbons and his orchestra. Life is nothing without music.
nothing without music. Music helps the world along while the orchestra is playing. My heart is singing a song of love, dear. Let's forget about those gray days. We'll be happy while we dance. Tunes we love will make us realize that life is nothing without music. Where there's music, we'll find romance. I think we'd all agree with George on that one. Life is nothing without music. Very difficult to say exactly how it adds to your life, isn't it, music? But if you enjoy music, it's very difficult to think how you'd survive without it and how it actually engages with your emotions. It can make you feel happy, it can make you feel sad, it can make you feel wistful, make you feel thoughtful, and everything in between. Make you tap your feet, make you nod a lot to sleep. It can do all sorts very difficult to say in words how it actually does it, isn't it? Suffice to say, it's a good thing we've got music, and wonderful music like this as well, of course. Not heard often enough on the airwaves, I would argue, the type of music we enjoy here. We try and share it as best we can, and uh, do share it around, of course, if you're listening on the podcast. Let others know, subscribe, listen more, tell others about it, and get people listening, because... There's not that many opportunities, unless you've got a nice 78 collection, to hear a lot of this music these days. It's not broadcast that widely in the UK. I can't speak for further afield. I'm sure there are some other specialist programmes here and there, but they're few and far between, aren't they, when you think about the amount of music out there and how wonderful it is. And it's amazing how even some of the younger generations who weren't around at all when this music was first played do actually come to relate to it because it's good music. And it engages you, even if it feels out of step, perhaps, with modern times and some of the wordings and some of the thoughts might be seen as now dated or occasionally words not used anymore and such like. But that aside, that's a minor quibble, I think, the rest of it. It's just great music, which never dies, really, does it? Why the Beatles are still so popular. Anyway, I digress. Uh, George Melacrino, speaking of great music, he was an incredible musician singing there, but amazingly gifted. He set out to master all of the musical instruments of the orchestra. And, it is claimed, he succeeded with everything apart from the piano and the harp. Well, that's not bad going. 
I don't know how many that means he could play, but presumably most of the woodwinds, the brasses, percussion, strings. Hmm, not bad going. And before he became a band leader under his own name, he sang with quite a few, including, as we heard there, Carol Gibbons, and also Jack Jackson. A talented lad indeed, and another one of those ones that have you heard of him or have people heard of him now? Of course they haven't. Jack Hilton. They might have heard of uh, Jack Hilton, Dolly, Elsie. And the question, well, I'm hoping the answer to this is yes. Are you having any fun?
There we are, a little twofer for you there. We all enjoy a little twofer, don't we, from time to time. Uh, are you having any fun? Jack Hilton with Dolly Elsie, I think it was, taking the vocals on that one and uh, straight into Song of India, which is our swinging the classics for today. Tommy Dorsey and the orchestra with a classic there. It's a lovely tune as well, isn't it? Wonderful, can't go wrong. Uh, Song of India, originally the uh, the song of the Indian guest uh, from Rimsikorsikov's 1898 opera Sadko. And the subsequent arrangement of that by Tommy Dorsey went on to reach number five in the US pop charts. Not bad going, eh? Not bad going. Very nice. I enjoyed that. I don't want any other details on that. Just looking to see what they've got there when it was recorded or not. Yeah, uh, it was recorded in 1935 in New York and featured the likes of Bunny Berrigan, Jimmy Welsh, Joe Dixon and... Someone I actually knew, Bud Freeman, playing on tenor saxophone on that track. And Bud, like I said, I don't know many people. I can't put my hand on my heart and say I've met that many of the wonderful artists we feature here on Sweet and Swing. But Bud was one of them, and that he came across several times in the 1970s to play for the Manx Jazz Club and would stay with the old maestro and my mum at our house down in Balagmeen Avenue. And what a character he was, as I've said before. Uh, he was so into everything English and also a very, very keen Scrabble player. Preferably for a bit of money. A few pence a point. Unless he was feeling really flush, in which case it might be a few pounds a point. And uh, yeah, he was wanting to settle over here, but then his brother Arnold became ill and Arnold was based in the States, so he went back, I think, to uh, be with Arnold. And Arnold used to be a bit part actor and featured on more than one occasion... In Kojak. There we are. That's a useless bit of information for you. <laughs> Flanders and Swan. We've been enjoying a little retrospective of some of their stuff over the uh, last few weeks. Dropping in at the drop of a hat, their 1950s review, and then they followed it with the at the drop of another hat. An LP that used to play quite often when I was a kid in the stereogram. And before that in the mono speaker record player that the old maestro had as well. Here's a Donald, I think it is, with this one. A number called Kukaraki. He'll probably introduce it himself anyway, so I don't know why I bother. Oh, this is a little Greek song, a little folk song, which speaks of a man who goes down to the marketplace to buy himself some farmyard animals. The first of which is a cockerel in Greek, to Kokoraki. That's the title of the song, to Kokoraki. The only other thing, perhaps I should add, is that uh, a Greek cockerel, when it wakes up in the morning, it makes this sound. Tokoraki, <laughs> 
Sasaura, Somia, Ratula, Ihatula, Miam, Miam, Totula, Cococo, Topetidari, Ziu, Ziu, Topora, Kiki, 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 Wonderful, as always. Flanders and Swan, or in that case, just Swan, Donald Swan. He was the quieter one of the two, but my word was he talented. Not only a wonderful pianist, uh, but also, uh, as you heard there, a a pretty good lyricist as well, and a linguist, in that uh, I think the Greek there is probably fairly accurate, and certainly I can tell you that uh, he was a fluent Russian speaker, so I dare say the uh, Greek wasn't necessarily a major problem. I don't know, I could be making that up, but uh, the laughter there, partly caused by (laughs) Michael Flantis, who was doing mime uh, to the uh, overall song there, which we couldn't obviously hear on that. They would have enjoyed it on the day, though, uh, down in the theatre there. And the brilliant use, as always, of his wheelchair. He could do all sorts with that, sitting there and looking proud of his clever partner, singing a solo in a foreign language. But then, of course, it goes on and on. And, uh, yes, the usual sort of thing, you know. Can't wait for it to stop. (laughs) Oh, dear. I would love to have seen them live. I really would love to have seen them live. It would have been terrific fun. Okay, how about a bit of Benny Goodman, then? Have we had Benny on for a while? Or Goonie Bedman, as it was always known in our house? I don't know. I don't care. We're going to hear him on Airmail Special. Thank you. 
Yeah, he still had it, didn't he? Benny Goodman. Benny swings again in 1960 after his first one in the 1940s. And I think he uh, still had it. Looking at a review of Albert Goldberg in the Los Angeles Times, he says he's still the old master blowing his pipe with an oily liquid tone and embroidering tunes with incredibly fast filigrees of notes, always under perfect control. Well, I don't know if we disagree with that. Jack Klein in the New York World Telegram and Sun said, Goodman is the undisputed king of swing. Alex is all musical territory this side of Gregorian chants in a session that blows exceedingly cool as well as hot, mellifluous and raucous, a musical artist. He obviously recorded live there and he played all over the place in the 60s with bands at Basin Street. So it might have been at Basin Street that. I'm trying to see whether it actually gives recording details and it doesn't. But he played at Basin Street in East New York, at Ciro's in Hollywood, at the Hollywood Bowl, at Harrah's at Lake Tahoe in Nevada and all over the place. So I'm guessing that might have been at uh, base. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I take it back. If you read the small print, which becomes increasingly difficult as you get older, particularly if it's got shiny paper. Got new glasses coming, don't worry. Um, this brand new collection was recorded at Ciro's. That was close. It was the second one. So not Basin Street, but I'll take that back. Recorded at Ciro's in Hollywood at the Hollywood Bowl. Benny Goodman on clarinet, Red Norvo on the vibes, Flip Phillips tenor sax, Jerry Dodgin on alto, Murray McCurkin on the trombone, Jack Sheldon trumpet, Russ Freeman piano, Jim Wibley guitar, Rod uh, Red Wooten at the bass, and uh, John Markham. I don't actually know John Markham that well. Behind the kit, good stuff. You can't go wrong with a bit of Bing, as I said earlier on. And here's a nice one, which uh, I don't know whether I've featured before, actually. I'm sure the old maestro must have done, but I don't know what I have in my tenure looking after this music. The world of Bing Crosby on the sentimental side, with a picture of Bing as a wistful-looking 30-something, I would guess. So in his younger years, and most of these are going back, and I think older recordings, all, as you might gather from what it says on the tin, on the sentimental side. Like this one. This is my night to dream. This is my night to dream. Don't mind how bold I seem. You are a girl who ought to be kissed. And I'm a man, a brave optimist I gotta make you see You should belong to me Even the moon is in on my scheme This is my night to dream Tomorrow you'll be gone, so I'm not waiting till ten minutes to dawn, and being in love with you, who knows what I might do. 
Please understand if that sounds extreme. This is my night to dream. Told you you can't go wrong with a bit of being very sentimental. Lots of strings, lots of being, lots of lovely rounded sounds. You can't get much more sentimental. It just takes you back, doesn't it? Right. Time for a bit of Putney if I don't warble too much longer. Putney Dandridge. I said we'd give him a bit more coverage and we're going to do just that. Rainbow. When the shadows roll by, 
Putney Dandridge to finish off this evening from a collection uh, from Timeless Historical, uh, CBC Timeless Historical Collections, Putney Dandridge, 1935-1936, with uh, all sorts of names you might have heard of, somewhat more than Putney, Roy Eldridge, Buster Bailey, Teddy Wilson, Cozy Cole, Doc Cheatham, etc., etc. He played with them all, and the uh, repertoire and all the small band recordings, well, they were familiar to Putney, who played for quite some time, but like so many of them, stayed in the shadows, perhaps, of the likes of the great Fats Waller. Not a good time to be a pianist and singer when Fats Waller was around, I guess. Difficult to eclipse him in more ways than one. That's about it. Another day, another show, another £1.50. It's not all about the money, though. Look after yourself. Same time, same place. Next week, see you then. Make it a date. Cheerio.